Hey, welcome to the In Between Podcast, a place where I, Ayik, and friends unpack our experiences as Africans in the diaspora, figuring out our faith, love, finances, and everything in between the now and the next. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to another life-changing installment of the In Between. My name is Ayik, your able-bodied, able-everything host. And today is Mother's Day. Yes, so I've already gotten happy Mother's Day wishes as an African woman. I feel like even (sighs) as an African woman, that's just what it is. They're going to wish you happy Mother's Day once your menstrual cycle starts. I remember being in high school and aunts and stuff at church wishing, wishing me happy Mother's Day in advance. So I've already gotten happy Mother's Day messages. And as someone who's looking to have some babies, you know, in the next few years, I receive that. But at 15, if I really accepted that Happy Mother's Day, those are the same people that would judge me. So I don't know. I guess it's a prophecy. I get it for like, they're like Happy Mother's Day in 10 to 15 years. So yes, Happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers out there, aunts that are mothers, godmothers, our women teachers, because a lot of you guys have to be moms to these babies. You're in school with them all day adopted mothers stepmothers the ones that aunts we can't do some of you stepmothers i don't understand but this generation is a little different (laughs) the grandmothers out there the aunts everyone i thank you for all that you do you do a lot and you know what i find fascinating any mother's day celebration that's taking place today you had to plan it or you had a hand in it i know you did i can tell i can just tell by the vibe that you did (laughs) But happy Mother's Day to all. And today we're talking about mothers, motherhood, mommies, my thoughts as someone who's not a mother yet. I was on TikTok and they had this filter about what type of mother you'll be. I tried it multiple times. Um, I got MILF. I kept getting MILF and fitness mom, which I'm like, okay, those sound kind of adjacent. I mean, I like the health and wellness aspect of it. And they also, it also sounds adjacent with chopping my husband's money and dropping my kids off at different places. Yeah that's on brand that 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 is on brand that sounds good i think i got soccer mom as well once uh but i just kept getting milf fitness mom milf 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 i'm like okay this milf thing as problematic as it is as disturbing as it is i feel like there are other ways you can refer to a mother that's hot like hot mom i think there was a time they were calling it hot mom they've now changed it to milf and dilf excuse me i can't say that in church i mean i could but why would i want to if you don't know what milf stands for Again, this is a clean podcast, so I can't go into details, but mom, I'd like to. What's the the, the, um, vulgar word for sex? Yeah, that's what it stands for. And it tends to refer to women who are very attractive and their moms. uh, It's just, I have feelings about those because like, why are we being categorized? Like if I'm a baddie, I'm a baddie, baby or not. But of course, it's the notion that a woman changes her features change, the way she looks, the way she presents herself changes when she becomes a mom. As if, you know, having being pregnant and giving birth is not an extremely traumatic experience. For some reason, that tends to disturb people who change after giving birth. All right. Interesting. Interesting stuff. So what's been going on? What has been the vibe? Like, guys, it's warming up in New York City. And you know what? After much deliberation and much pep talking... I'm going to be outside this summer. I'm going to be outside. Everyone keeps saying, oh, there's nothing like a New York City summer. Okay, fine. So I've already started bookmarking things that I'm going to do. 
May is going to be, seems pretty slow, but like June and July is going to be a situation. So I'm very excited. I'm, I'm excited to, I'm excited to enter an autumn in New York, having spent the summer here, if that makes sense. So when I moved to New York, it was the end, it was late summer. So it was the last week of August, but I'm very thrilled to like spend the summer and be like, oh, in the summer, this happened and that happened. And then welcome in autumn and winter and all of those good things. So yeah, what else has been going on? The web series that I told you guys I'm working on is is around the corner. We're, we're on to, you know, the last few days. So I, regardless of the situation, new episode is coming out. No excuses because I have a lot to share. And I know that you guys want to listen and you guys have a lot to share too. I don't know how I'm going to be able to hear it, but let's work to as a live show next year. That's how I'll be able to hear it. But there will be a live show next year in Jesus name. But yeah, it's been, it's been pretty interesting. I found myself in a place where I've had to learn how to not only balance things, but give my best to multiple things. I am, if there's something softer than soft life, that was my thought process about a lot of things. I just was like, and it's, and you know, soft life is intentional or whatever the case may be, not intentional, but you're doing it from a place of this is what I deserve. I was doing scared out of my mind life. Yeah, I was doing this is too much. What if I, what if it doesn't work life? So yeah, it's been very interesting over the past few months giving my best to multiple things. I'm like, what? I begin a class on time. Chill. When I look at the clock and I'm like, <laughs> I have to be in my first class at 9 a.m. I used to leave, I live maybe like 35 minutes from my school. Chill. I would leave 20 minutes before class starts. Now I leave like 7.45. I'm like, oh my gosh. Once it's like 7.50, I'm like, ah, I'm late too. So I thank God for growth because one thing about me, she got, she's got to grow. She's got to do it. What else has been going on? The news incident that I talked about at my school, I don't know what the victim is going to do, but there was a peace rally that took place, which was good. But the school is not, the school has decided to empathize with the person who brought the news to school, even up to the second in command of the New York campus. Yes, that person basically told the victim, what if that was your brother? Well, my brother isn't white and my brother wouldn't bring a noose to school. So what's your point? But yeah, he's successfully gotten to them. And even if he hasn't, they empathize with him. They see where he's coming from. They feel his pain. I think that anybody who can bring a noose to school can do much worse, but he's not going to do much worse in Jesus name. And I promise you guys that we're going to remain in prayer on this issue. Yes, that's what we're going to do. I don't know. I don't know what um, the victim is going to do. And it just brought up a lot of conversations about how hostile the environment is at the school and how the school just does not care. At the beginning of the rally, people brought up situations, experiences that, they, that they've had with teachers that are just straight up racist. And can you imagine some of these teachers will be greeting the people like, hey, what are you saying? Hey, what is the hey for, if you don't mind me asking? Because they can't get fired. They're not going to get fired. I find that fascinating that these are the lengths my school is going to because from what I heard, the school is not doing well. They're losing money because their enrollment rates are low. And me being me, I'm going to make sure the enrollment rates are even lower. Yes, 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 yes. I'm going to do my part to make sure the enrollment rates are even lower. So at the end of my program, I'm going, I'm going to spill all the tea, tell you guys about the program. All of my people who work in the industry in Nollywood, I'm sure you know the school I'm talking about. Just find another school. Yes. Find another film school in New York. I can recommend a few if you DM me. Not that school. What else? What else has been going on? I've been loving the weather, guys. I wore shorts. 
for the first time in a long time like denim shorts it's not short nika but it's kind of short i wore it out this is so last summer i was still losing weight drastically which i still am losing weight i mean it's a lot slower but I was losing weight drastically and I was trying to understand my body, understand my shape, like just all of these things. Last summer was a blur. So this summer I'm like, you know what? Or this year I've been paying more attention to how I dress, how clothes fit. So I, you know, finding my style, but yeah, I wore shorts. I was feeling myself. I'm like, Hey, she a baddie. She knows she a 10. I was feeling myself. I would like, yeah, that's an exciting update. What else? What else? Nothing. No. Nothing particularly interesting. The city's getting busy, very busy. Everyone's here for the summer. A lot of Europeans who have either never seen black people or expect all black people to be a certain way, getting shoulder checked, getting stared at. Um, Even the ones that stare at me and smile, I don't smile back because I'm like, what are you doing? Stop looking at me. And a lot, and people stare here. If you're from Lagos, I'm sure you you understand. I guess it might be a city thing, but in DC, people don't stare the way they do in New York. People stare so hard in this New York that like, I, I find myself having to check the mirror, like you turn on the camera and check myself, like what really happened? Like, is, is there something on my face? And I look and there's literally nothing on my face. They're just staring. And you know, I can hear the, oh, well, maybe they think you're beautiful. Well, what if I'm wearing a mask? I'm walking down the street with, well, no. When I'm walking down the street, I don't wear a mask. When I'm on the train, I don't wear a mask. I'm like, the first few times it happened, I would check, like, oh, is there something on my face? But I realized, no, New Yorkers just stare at people and they don't care. There have been multiple times where, you know, when you're staring at someone and you look away, the only time that I've seen the person look away is when I realize they're, they're a visitor. They're not from the city. But every time I look up at someone staring at me, they literally continue to stare. So I don't know. I don't know, my dear friends. It is well. It is what it is. <laughs> So I changed my DP. I realize not everyone calls WhatsApp pictures DP. I think it might just be a Nigerian thing, maybe maybe a Cameroonian thing, maybe an English-speaking Cameroonian thing. But we call our WhatsApp pictures our DPs, their display pics. And um, I changed my DP of a picture to an old picture, like when we were moving out of the house that we were living in when I was uh, probably like six months child. I was, first of all, I was... Uh, I've been a big body bends. I was a big baby. So I don't even know. I forgot to ask my mom how old I was. Let's say, let me say like six months, six or seven months. Um, And then my sister is in it too. And I find these pictures, when I look at my sisters, when I look at pictures of my sister and I, I she, she, she hasn't really given me a comment on this. So I don't know how she feels about this, but I find it very funny and kind of off-putting. My sister is... 5'3", I'm 5'8". And then I'm also bigger than her, like, in body. Like, she's she's petite. Like, that is her body type. So, and it's been that way since we were, like, since I was, like, 16. So by the time she graduated from high school, I was already taller than her and bigger than her. So that has been the vibe for the past 11. Which 11? Babe, come on. Add five to that. Okay, like, the past 15 or so years. So recently, when I look at baby pictures, it's always like, I laugh, but then I always get kind of unsettled. Like, there was a time this lady was taller than me. Not only taller than me, but bigger than me. It didn't last that long, but there was a time. And it's always so funny to me. I'm like, wait, 
what? That is so weird. And I guess that's how it's going to feel, you know, the older we get, because again, I'm so used to her being shorter, you know, smaller in stature and everything compared to me. Like sometimes with my mom, even though guys, it didn't take long for us to outgrow my mom. My sister is like five feet. My mom is about way too. I think my mom's taller than my sister. <laughs> I think my mom is like five, three and a half, but you know, they're both on the short side. So my height is from my dad's side. They're just, they're all tall because my grandfather was, because my grandfather was tall, but yeah. I saw this thing on Twitter a long time ago, which I agree. They're like, it said, um, when you look at a set, when you look at a group of of siblings, especially the sister, the shorter one is the older one, and it's almost always the case. The shorter and smaller one is always <laughs> the older one. Even you know when my brother was alive, he was very quickly was taller than the both of us. So it's like I mean, facially you could see that he was young, but in stature, if we're walking, you know, come on, he was he was a big boy. Not not big. He played football. He was tall, so certainly taller than us. And same with my sister. It was like, it was like a bar graph, you know, <laughs> you know, like the highest number to the left and the medium, then the last, that's, that's how we look. Yeah. Sorry, Arid. Love you though. Miss ya. She don't even listen to this podcast child. She's booked and busy. She says she does, but everyone in my family says they do. And it's like, do you really, or do you just share my, my stuff? And honestly, I feel like that's enough. I think that's okay. But they should try to listen to this one because I'm talking about mothers. Mother's Day. So I'm Nigerian. I also grew up in the Methodist Church. So there are a lot of Mother's Days. So there's the British Mother's Day. Um, first of all, in Nigeria, we celebrate multiple Mother's Days. There's the, I know there's a Catholic Mother's Day, Methodist Mother's Day, and the, the British Mother's Day, and then this Mother's Day as well. So we celebrate three to four, three to four, three to four Mother's Days. But this is the one that, you know, comes to mind most when I'm in America because this is the one, you know, we're most surrounded by, if that makes sense. And then as well as the Methodist Mother's Day, a Mothering Day thing. I love Mother's Day. I'm very sad that I'm not going to be with my mom this Mother's Day. But next year, by God's grace, my sister and I will we'll actually force her to come up here. She needs to come to New York. She needs to stop playing. She's only been up here once recently. She needs to come up, come on up here. I hear a lot of talk from men. Why are there so many Mother's Days? I thought you guys are the ones that made the holidays. I thought you guys are the ones that made the world or whatever is going on. Then add more Father's Days. Just add more Father's Days to the calendars. What are you saying? Just do it. Or is there something holding you back that you want to talk about? Just do it. Just add more Father's Days. See who will celebrate with you. <laughs> See who will celebrate with you on the second and third Father's Day. Then get back to me. No, let me stop playing with y'all. It's not your day. When Father's Day comes around, I'll give you guys your moment. But yeah, it's so funny when men say that they feel slighted. Um, then do more. Petition. It's, it's just like when we, have, when we celebrate International Women's Day and they're like, what about International Men's Day? I think it's November. Celebrate it. Have events. Do all of those things. Or is there something in you? Is there something in you that makes you sense, gives you the sense that it might be performative or maybe off base to celebrate that day because of a privilege that you possess I don't know I'm just saying yeah I'm just saying their argument is that they want the woman to plan it because of course you know like we plan Father's Day stuff most of the International Women's Day events that goes on in offices the people I see running around are women the women are still the ones planning it so yeah there's that I was thinking about some memories that I have with my mom 
she doesn't know this but she's actually one of the few she's one of the people that put me into or introduced me to my passion for film my mom has always loved movies she's always loved nigerian movies i know now that it was a way for her to connect with the culture you know she left when she was like 27 28 and i think she hadn't visited she had not visited since she left and so Nollywood was a big part of our upbringing. We watched like every weekend. We would go to the African store when they used to have DVDs and she'd be like, okay, pick out like two or three. We'll watch, you know, watch one this weekend. I'll watch one today. I'm working tomorrow so we can watch one next week. So we were always doing the Nollywood thing. We shopped a lot. We were at Macy's often. And I remember Fridays, you know, picking us up and we would go to Burger King or just have a snack or like get a smoothie or something. It was like a little Friday treat. My mom worked a lot. She did. She had to because at one point my dad went back to school. So she was working a lot. And, you know, I think that it's her work ethic that inspires me and also has taught me ways to um, navigate things and how I perceive working as a woman. Um, But she was still always and still is. She doesn't work as much, but Still, you know, when she, <clears throat> when she, you know, started working on relationship with God, she was, you know, active in church. I mean, we went to church almost every Sunday, don't get me wrong, but I mean, I could see the passion, the pursuance of God and she still finds time to maintain. I mean, maybe have every time I'm hearing Zoom, Wednesday, Zoom, they're on Zoom call. And one thing about Zoom, there's nothing particularly wrong with any of the mics on their computers. When I'm at my parents' house, when I'm upstairs with the door closed and she's in the study with the door closed, I can hear everything the person on the Zoom is saying. So yeah, she, you know, she does the Wednesday Zooms, you know, Bible study. She does all of those things and she's still able to work and maintain beauty. My mom's a beautiful woman. I mean, I thank God for her beauty. Her beauty will remain in Jesus' name. Both of my parents are very good looking people, very attractive people, but my mom is a beautiful woman. My dad is handsome, Sha. I'm not going to act like, you know, high school friends did not say they had a crush on him and stuff, but my mom is beautiful. She's also the smartest person that I know. And I'm not saying this because she's my mom. I don't know. She has never taken the genius test. I've told her and my sister to take this test. I don't think there's any concept that has been presented to them that's outside because they're both scientists. They studied chemistry, they're pharmacy, they're both pharmacists, all of that. But there's no concept you present to my mom that if you don't give her, if it's more challenging, maybe like 15, 20 minutes, she's going to get back to you. She's going to understand the, the concept and she's going to know what she's doing. She's an Igbo woman. She's Abia. So, you know, Abia and Emo people, they love school. So she's a school person. She's very, very into school, but she's just very intelligent. She is so smart and she has the business acumen, you know. She's able to get people to buy things because she's an evil woman. She just has that thing about her. And she's a people person. People really like her. So shout out to Mom C. Shout out to Dr. CC, my girl. <laughs> um, you know, on Mother's Day, I, I the older I get and the more I meet people, I, I feel a deep sympathy for people who lost their mothers. I celebrate my mother in a way that is just celebration for my heart but I know what it feels like to lose someone and you have all the people around you enjoying that someone that you've lost so my my heart goes out to people especially women who have lost their mothers um, but to everyone who has lost their mothers mother's day is a difficult time for a lot of people 
And for some reason, I sympathize because I just understand what it feels like to have. So let me give you an example. When my brother had passed away and people are doing National Sibling Day, or I just see everyone with their siblings, I'm like, no, I really can't do this. So I'm I'm sending love to to the people who have lost their mothers and Mother's Day is not the best day for them. You know, the thing about loss is that it never goes away. You just find a way to manage it or to deal with it. And some days and some situations bring it out of you even more. So I'm sending you guys a lot, a lot of love. So there are different types of relationships that people have with their moms. There, She's been my best friend my entire life. I tell her everything. There's the, you know, she's a, more of the iron lady type. I'm always fascinated with with the with the dynamics that people have with their mothers, specifically when they become adults, especially when you're in your 20s, because you still need your mom. I mean, honestly, we always need our mom. There are things that when my grandmother was, you know, using her walking stick, my mom still needed her for. Um, but in, in your 20s, you still need your mom, but like you're also growing into yourself. And I think we say that the teenage period is where, you know, I mean, there was, you know, there, there are, there's some drama, you know, some fighting, some arguing and stuff because it's like asserting power and assert, asserting authority. But I think the most challenging is when you're in your 20s because you're like, I'm an adult, I can make my own decisions. And then depending on what culture you're from, if you're African, a lot of times your mom is, what's the equivalent of a tiger mom? Like she is on your neck. That's why it's always so funny to see when we see mom oh my mom is chill when i when i had friends who who are african and they're like my mom is chill i'm like define chill let me just see something no nothing i just want to see what you're what you're saying it's always so shocking to us they're trying to accept and understand that okay i'm her mom i'm his mom i'm their mom but i gotta fall back but they don't want to fall back because a couple of things and i'm speaking from what I've observed of African mothers. If I fall back and do my own thing, who am I going to talk to? Who am I going to spend time with? Unfortunately, a lot of times mothers are in, mothers in our culture in that generation are in marriages that are not happy. They pour everything into their children because who else are they going to pour into? The person they're pouring into is looking at them like, did I ask you? Did I send you? And other horrible things, right? So when you become an adult and you're like, I need you to be there for me, but be there for me in a different way. It's hard for them. They still want to call the shots. They still want to say things. If you have an evil mother, it's, it's you understand even more what I'm saying. And this is not a criticism. This is what they observed as well. Like, I remember my mom telling me, she's like, she had already given birth to me. My grandmother is still trying to like make decisions for her. And she's like, no, do you not see these two tiny human beings that are bouncing and jumping off of things? I run this. This is my thing. You got to chill. And you want you always want to assert authority, but you don't want to be disrespectful. But then if you're a millennial, you just kind of don't care because you're like, this is my thing. You don't want to hurt your mom, but it's like, no, excuse me. This is my thing. Like, relax. It's hard. I remember feeling that way a lot of times because it's like, I don't want to hurt my mom. I don't want to disrespect my mom. But if we keep going this way, it's going to affect our dynamic. And I'm not going to talk to her because I'm like independent. I have my own thing. And she's like, yeah, you're independent, but not super independent yet. You're still, you know, it was like everything short of saying you're still a child. But then it becomes smooth sailing a little bit. I think after my frontal lobe developed, 
I kind of started seeing my mom as a person. The truth of the matter is that a lot of us don't see our mothers. We don't see our parents as people. Because sometimes I'll be hearing, my dad is more of the storyteller. But like, I hear my parents say, oh yeah, when I was in high school, this, I'm like, which high school? How, what do you mean? Or secondary school, they call it secondary school. I'm like, which secondary school? You went to secondary school? No, I won't take that. So it's like, (laughs) you have to realize these are people who lived lives, whatever choices they made, good or bad, right? They're, they're people. And I didn't realize that until I turned around my mom's age. My mom came to America when she was 27 to marry my dad. And at 27, I'm like, oh, I don't understand. Because like within the first year they got married, she was already pregnant with my sister. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how, how you do it. When I don't, I really don't know how they did it. I don't even know what that was about. Like, how do you rise to the occasion? So putting myself in my mother's shoes and just seeing how life was for her and knowing knowing now a lot more details about her as a person, I'm like, oh, this is a human being with experiences. Does it justify the decisions that our mothers make that negatively affect us? No, but they're still people. So I find myself, the older I get, understanding and giving grace in a way that I just could not before. So yeah, I like the, my mom is my best friend thing. You know, this is, how do I say this? I want my children to be able to be comfortable to tell me anything. Like if something is going on, I want them to be able to say, oh, I need to talk to my mom about this. I need to talk to my dad. Well, we're talking about Mother's Day, so let's just focus on me. But I don't know about bestie. So someone would be saying, I don't know. I don't know about that bestie thing. Looking forward to us being best friends and friends when we when we become adults i don't know about that bestie thing it's fun it's cute i like the dynamic but you know you have to you have to you know instill a little bit of fear in those ones so that they they don't not fear instill respect they need to put put some respect on it and i'm not saying that best friends don't respect each other but if my mom had treated me like a best friend growing up i was already like you can tell, as you can tell, I say whatever I want. So imagine me even more unhinged. Not that I'm unhinged, though, but I was unhinged back in the day. I was already saying whatever came to my mind. So imagine how much more entertaining and colorful it would have been if my mom and I were best friends. Um, there are people who are estranged from their mothers. Uh, and and I, I find it very interesting and, and applaudable when it's African women because, or African people who are excommunicating from their mothers. I find it fascinating when it's the boy child, especially as a West African boy, man, excommunicating from your mother, me, I don't even know. I don't even know what it took. I don't even know like how, because a lot of times our sons are so attached to our mothers. You know, there's the whole like enmeshment, in enmeshing thing and all of that stuff. So to be able to say, you know what, like this is too much, I cannot do this. I applaud you guys. It's it's not easy at all because not only do you feel obviously the pain of like not being associated with your mom, but there's the societal pressure, the societal judgment. There's a lot of judgment for men who don't. I mean, if, if you're Nigerian, you hear all kinds of things. Oh, it's because of a woman. Oh, it's charm, it's witchcraft, it's whatever. It's like, could it possibly be that the mom is toxic? I don't know. Just saying. I'm just saying. I also love a good my mom is a boss babe thing. You know, I, <laughs> I loved seeing, so Bluetooth, the Bluetooth um earpiece just came out when I was in like elementary school. 
yeah, elementary school. So we were the ones who would be weirded out when we would see people not holding their cell phones, but talking. We're like, who are you talking to? So sometimes some of my friends, their moms would drop them off and they have the Bluetooth in their ear and they're like, oh, my mom works here. My mom works in DC. My mom works at this place. My mom owns, and I'm just like, I love that. Love that for you. Love that inspiration. I wonder what sacrifices that they had to make as well. Mm -hmm. And we love a good, we love a good stay at home mom. You know, there's a lot of criticism about stay at home mothers and I'm loving seeing a lot of Afri the African women who are saying, yes, I'm a stay-at-home mom, and what about it? The one that comes to mind is Fumi, Fumi, Fumi Ford. Auntie Fumi, sorry, not Fumi, Auntie Fumi. And this lady, she's Congolese. The her TikTok handle is Hindelane Family. They're doing it all. And these are women who worked in corporate life, and they're like, you know what? I want to be at home and be there for my children. As much as people, you know, this is what I find fascinating. As much as people want the expect the house to be clean and organized, who gonna do it? If you want, if you also expect women to be at work twenty four seven, and these are the same people that are like, women are never there for their children. So what do you really want? There's so much judgment around stay at home mothers that oh they're lazy. Oh, I this is the one I love. I could never be a stay at home mom. I applaud you. I could never trust a man to give me all all to give me money. First of all, you're not going to experience that. It's not going to happen for you because you've already said that you want to be working or whatever the case may be. So don't even bring it up. Like, and I'm not trying to be mean, like you, you have made the decision that you want to work. So then work now. How that won't take sign her. Second of all, as an African woman, should I spill small tea? She's never without money. Let me put it to you like that. Let me put it to you this way. Very rarely, very, very, very rarely, let me not speak for all West African women or African women in general, but I'll speak as a Nigerian woman and what I've observed. And yeah, as an African woman, she's never, she's never without money. Let me put it to you that way. She's never a hundred percent reliant on her husband, whether he knows or not. Some men are like, oh, she's doing this cute little thing. Yeah. And they don't take it seriously, but she's saving up money for her kids. Or unfortunately, some of them, depending on the culture they're from, do it secretly, but she's never, she's not going to, I mean, they're not going to say this on, on social media. Of course, Auntie Fumi, like she makes money from content, even Hinderlane family, they make money from content. But any woman that you're judging about, oh, I could never do that. If she's an African woman, she most likely does. I mean, number one, most likely doesn't care. Number two, she's not fully relying on him for money. That's, that's the trick of the trade. So if you're, if you're like, oh yeah, my husband's going to give me allowance. Yes, he can give you allowance. And that's good. That's great. I love that life for you, but you already know, you know what our grandmothers told us, you know what our grandmothers told us and they're hundred percent spot on hundred percent correct in their, um, in their teachings. Yeah. I can't, I can't stress enough how important it is to, even as a stay at home mom, how important it is to take your grandmother's advice, let me put it that way, without spilling too much tea. Every type of mother, I applaud, you know, the ones that even decide, you know what, I'm not going to be able to take care of this child. I'm going to give them up. I'm going to give them up for adoption. I just, I think that, especially in our cultures, like when I hear people who, who had those situations with their mothers, 
especially ones that are back home, a lot, a lot of times it sounds like they were displaced. I mean, I've heard good experiences, you know, oh, their grandmother raised them, this is this. Um, some who their parents weren't, you know, their mom was in America working to bring them to America. Uh, I just think that when that comes up, just go through official ad adoption or make sure that they're in a, a home that they can be raised properly because it leads to a lot of trauma. You know, that's just a thought. What else? What other type of moms are there? They're, they're the moms that are making TikTok accounts with their kids. Okay, making millions of dollars being a mom. You might as well monetize this thing, right? <laughs> I think a lot about what kind of mom I want to be. I think about it more and more because it's like I'm getting closer to that age where, yeah, the babies is coming. They, they coming. They coming. Like I said earlier, I do want place where my children can tell me there's nothing there's nothing I want okay I want a lot of things about being a mother but I really want my children to feel comfortable talking to me about things and being like oh I'm gonna tell my mom I'm gonna talk to my mom or whatever I really do like that but what I do want for my children or what I do the type of mother that I want to be is um, a supportive mom an honest mom you know I'm not going to sugarcoat things i'm not going to make my children perceive that the world is perfect but they're going to be raised in love i want my children to feel love and see love and not you know feel a thing of like oh yeah my mom loves me yeah she loves me like i want them to know categorically that this lady she loves me i want them to be who they've god has called them to be who they've been called to be i want to support that i expect them to go to school my dear even if it's to study TikTok. If they have bachelor's degree in TikTok, you will study TikTok for every child in my house. Yeah. Y'all going to school. You're going to college. Okay. You're going to school. But on a serious note, but yeah, my biggest thing is just being them being raised in love and being raised in godliness and, and knowing who God is and loving God at an early age. But how would they know that if they don't see mommy on that journey doing that thing? Um, how do they know what that's like unless I show them? I think being an example for my children is a big thing and not, and I'm just, you know, I'm talking about like, okay, in terms of following my dreams and work and stuff, but I'm also talking about things like in terms of character, like listening to listen, listening to understand, not listening to respond. That issue of shouting, <laughs> a lot of us can relate. Like our moms, you know, when they didn't feel hurt, we start shouting, um, division of labor, them seeing how, how it, you know, healthy, a healthy relationship should look and even like healthy division of labor. Yeah. I want them to see me pursuing God because I believe that that's, what's going to inspire them to, to pursue God as well. I want to be honest with them about what I experienced, where I went wrong so that they don't go wrong. I want to leave them a lot of money. Like that's a big thing. Financial security, you know, they're going to listen to this podcast in a few years, hopefully after they're 18 and be like, oh, thanks mom for the money. I want to leave these people a lot of money. Yeah. Generational wealth is a big thing for me because I just want them to be able to follow their passions fully, like with everything in them and not worry about anything. Just be like, okay, this is my passion. I'm following it. This is what I'm doing. And it is what it is. I want to, yeah. Those are, those are the main things I want for my children. I just want us to have a lot of fun, a lot of fun and joy in the home.
So that's the type of mom I want to be. I don't know details, Sha. But God will help me with the details. I'm sending love to everyone today on Mother's Day. Regardless of what your relationship type is with your mom, what you're working through. You guys are going to go brunch, you know, do the mimosas, bottomless mimosas. Whatever you're doing today, I... I celebrate with you. I celebrate Mother's Day with you to my mothers in waiting, my mothers who are trying to have their own children. I'm standing in agreement with you. And I know that the Lord will fulfill his promise to the mothers who have experienced loss. I'm sending you love today. I'm praying that the Lord will comfort you. And to the people who don't want to be mothers, you don't have any, you don't have to justify anything. I understand. I've seen children. I used to work with children. I get it. I just pray that any trauma or whatever the case may be is healed and that you're happy. Yes. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. We kept it short today, didn't we? Because, child, let me see how I'll do group FaceTime with my sister, me, and my mom. We may have to do WhatsApp call because that was my mom. She's, she's technologically advanced in some ways, but in other ways, I'm just like, where's this disconnect coming from? <laughs> So let me plan that with my sister, child. I hope you guys have a wonderful day. I will see you on Friday. Bye for now. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Stay well, stay beautiful, stay you in between now and when we meet again. Bye for now.